Welcome to Talking in Stations, the Newsday edition for February 1st. I'm Matterall. Today we're going to cover the MTAC 2 iHub and what the consequences were for the uh, capturing of it by Pappy. We'll consider that a victory. We also have uh, news that Hoover Corporation is merging into habitual euthanasia. Both those groups are in Pandemic Legion. We're hearing that Volta has taken a contract and is fighting uh, somewhere near Curse, and looks like the target is the Fire Coalition. Interesting development. And solve transfer from Sylvania Super Mercenaries that are uh, Winterco renters. Uh, they transferred to Federation of Respect, Honor, Passion Alliance. Okay, we'll have a look at that and more in a moment. Okay. All right. Uh, I totally spaced it, but I want to uh, say that Sully is here with us. He does a lot of live coverage for TAS. How are you doing, Sully? I'm very well. Gregorian is here as well. How are you doing, Gregorian? Gregorian, are you there? I'll assume he is away. Okay, Sully, you and I, uh, but especially you, did coverage yesterday on the iHub, and uh, that was an MTAC2. Let's click in on that. Um, did great work. Uh, why is it hard to cover these things, by the way? Let's just start there. This is an iHub that was up for grabs. So iHubs, after they come out of uh, Reinforce, they spawn um, conquerable nodes, same as TCUs, but not as prevalent. iHubs are the main focus at the moment for SOV. And because it spawns these nodes, there's no set place for fights to occur. They can occur at any one of them and they are throughout the constellation. Almost luckily, um, there was a large number of these nodes were in M2, um, I believe four or five of them. So most of the fighting actually congregated there. Um, we had a little bit um, that we covered in 5TAC-C, and there was a few nodes a few jumps away as well. But a large main focus of the fighting kept happening in M2. So we got quite fortunate there with streaming, but the difficulty is each of these nodes... Um, Without Tyler, they could uh, they only really last 15, 20 minutes. And so it's um, easy enough for the enemies and the defending fleets to move around. However, for getting perspective on them, it's hard to see where they're going at each time. Luckily in Tyler, we saw that um, overall it took three or four hours for the I have to be conquered. So it meant that it was able to get cameras in position. Um, the stream was very helpful and gave us some hints as well. It's like, oh, it's this node at the moment. There's a bit of content. So we was able to get positions in place. It was quite fortunate and fortunate to have good viewers as well. Yeah, you you did an excellent job of running around. Uh, again, the viewers helped out. We really appreciate that. They would tell us where these are because they're just about anywhere. And uh, here you are. Um, this is your camera angle. And you can see the red are the Imperium fighters and then the blue are Pappy fighters. and um, any observations on the back and forth that was going on? Um, both sides seemed to want to commit into the iHub. Both sides were willing to put capitals on the foot as well. We saw um, in Imperium we put down multiple faxes to try and intosis, uh, as well as NC dot and Panama Horde. Um, Panama Horde in this here, I believe, have their carriers on grid, um, or at least they did uh, the five C node. So they both sides are willing to commit some capitals. We didn't see any escalation on that. But um, 
the fact that there's willing to brawl it out as well over so many nodes. Uh, I believe there was three or four different Ethereum fleets and five or six different Pappy fleets as well. Just each going around trying to ensure that the entostices were as protected as possible. Yeah. Well, uh, so we did see a, a swing around, but it was mostly, um, we did swing it back and forth, but it mostly went in Pappy's direction. After a while, they ended up winning the uh, nodes, which meant they captured the iHub and destroyed it. You can see here is various different nodes uh, being pictured. One thing that happened that was very interesting right there at the end, I'll see if I can zoom into, once the competition was over, you saw that the iHub was dropped and there wasn't a fleet around it. Yeah, so typically when an iHub's put down, it has to be entosed by whoever wants to own the iHub. Um, there are limitations where an iHub can be placed. However, historically speaking, when an iHub is put down, the defending fleet is there, both to prevent the hauler being attacked by enemies. Because if the hauler's carrying it and it gets killed, then the iHub's just going to be in the wreck or be destroyed. It's not going to be anchored in any sense. Um, so it was quite interesting to see that there wasn't any defending fleet on grid with the iHub. And there wasn't for a good few mi minutes. But then all of a sudden, we saw the four fleets descend and maintain control, and then the entire system began. Uh, we're looking at that now. So there's the iHub right in the middle of the screen. You're zoomed in on it here. Uh, so you can see there, it's just been put down, and these fleets arrived a little late. So that was a little bit of an interesting drama. Uh, as you might have indicated, the, the iHub... Uh, when an iHub is destroyed through the node uh, process, there is room for an iHub to be put down. So anybody could put it down. Uh, so normally you want to put it down and cover it. But this one wasn't covered until a few seconds later. But clearly they controlled the grid. This is Pappy. They're in blue. And uh, they came and you can see they start to entosis it and uh, take care of it, basically. I thought that was pretty interesting at the very end. A little bit of drama. See, here's a third fleet coming in. All right, so Pappy did win the infrastructure hub, and I don't know if I appreciated how important that victory was for Pappy because in MTAC 2, as you know, there are Titans that are still trapped, possibly over 100. And if the iHub that was already in place that belonged to Imperium had matured five more days, or was it seven more days, it would have been able to host uh, not only jump bridges, but a Sino jammer. And uh, that could have complicated any kind of extraction that Pappy had in mind for the rest of those Titans. What do you think? Yeah, that would, that would have definitely made uh, rescuing the t Titans a bit more difficult. Yeah, yeah that's good point. Yeah, we, we, uh, I definitely think we won a big victory, but Gobbins told us not to get overconfident and he made a really good point there that uh the imperium got overconfident after m2 tack and that led to them uh making some of the mistakes in recent weeks that allowed us to recover have they made mistakes yeah they i i think they have that they got overconfident and thought that they'd won the war and then that was they because of that overconfidence they didn't uh do enough to stop us from recovering oh well i i didn't hear i didn't hear too much of that but uh let me go back to sully what do you think of the i have victory and the importance of it 
So the real importance I see more than anything, because the IHUB has since been reinforced by Imperium as well. So there is going to be another battle in about 24 hours, 23, 24 hours. The main thing really is it, it reset the clock on the Sinojammer. Imperium is only a few days away from being able to Sinojam this system, which meant that any Pappy for attempts to break out these Titans would be a major struggle because of that jammer. Well, they couldn't do it like they did it a few days ago with Dreadnoughts. The Dreadnoughts wouldn't be able to get in, so they would have to do it with uh, battleships at best, and they'd have to gate in. Uh, so I just don't even know if that would be possible. They might do it with bombers. That's a little easier because you can use a covert sino to get those in, but... It just would have made things really complicated, wouldn't it? And and can you imagine if a bridge from 1DQ existed for subcapitals to go right to M2 tech? They wouldn't have to pass through Pappy's staging system of uh, T5Z. I just think it was, uh, they averted a disaster. And I don't think I, I was uh, uh, tuned in to just how important taking away the infrastructure capability of M2 on the behalf of Imperium was. Uh, I think that was pretty important. It also tells you this other thing that I thought was interesting, and that was the reason the breakout happened when it did was because if the breakout, um, if this, if taking out this iHub had not worked, the breakout couldn't have come after you know, the Sino bridge or Sino blocker was up, Sino jammer was up and the bridge is up. So they really needed to do it all before uh, the iHub reached 35 days. Like that was critical in case they missed this opportunity or lost this opportunity. But uh, Pappy, I think, ends up with, with two pluses in their column. One is they did get their Titans out, or at least uh, two thirds of them, it looks like. And they did get the iHub. So things are definitely going their way right now. There's a bit more news on this front too. We'll go to it. Have anything else on the uh, coverage, Sully? Any observations or funny moments? Um, if I think back, it's been, I've had a lot of sleep since that fight. I don't really think, there was a couple of, um, like a couple of interesting brawls that went out. There was a, apparently some unsuccessful Imperium bombing ones, but overall the fight in, was fairly even. I believe the final tallies have come in at um, yeah. about 110 billion on Pappy losses to 185 billion of them, which isn't that too dissimilar. Yeah. Um, the number of ships, there's a lot more Imperium ships lost than Pappy ships. 601 for Pappy to 1100 for Imperium. So they lost a lot more, but of a lot less value. Right. There was also an NC dot pilot that was in a Titan that actually jumped instead of bridging. So he got himself into a situation right here in MTAC too. Sorry, in M2 uh, tech. Yeah, uh, yeah but... the, the the inevitable jump to sort of bridged and suddenly a Titan appears on one of the nodes. <laughs> yeah, at one of the nodes. Uh, he almost got locked up by, uh, I believe it was a Saber or a Dictor, uh, a Hector that had come in, but he did get out in time. So he got lucky. Uh, okay, so let's look at uh, a little more information here. We go back out, we can look at uh, these two constellations here. The uh, SPNZ tag Z, that's the one that has um, D tag W in it. And right below is 
the NDU or is it NJU? Let's take a closer look. Yeah, it's NJU TAC QV. That's the one that has M2 TAC uh, ZXB in it, 5 TAC C, a lot of the systems that we've been talking about lately. Well, this constellation looks like, take a look at the um, infrastructure hubs. It looks like Pappy has taken over all the infrastructure hubs in this constellation. And, uh, yeah, and yeah. Today we had a few hours of fleet that retook the other hubs in that constellation. Yeah, and then uh, the constellation above it that we talked about just a second ago, uh, that one has still has three. It's like split, um, but DTAC W looks like it's reinforced, and they'll probably actually there will be a contest for that iHub in about a day and a half. So European time zone on Wednesday will uh, will be another battle, just like the one that we covered earlier. And uh, it being DTACW will be an important battle. Yeah, DTACW is the... Um, so obviously we have 1DQ, which is the BIM subcap staging, T5, which is the PAPI um, staging, and DTACW is the next system beyond that. There is a Keepstar there, so um, PAPI's plan, I believe, is still to... Get control of the iHubs for these keep stars, deploy a cyanojammer, and then be able to attack, uh, reinforce, and ultimately attempt to destroy these keep stars under the cyanojammer. So we'll see what happens. This is kind of the focal point, probably for the next two weeks, maybe less uh, right now. But it looks like there's a lot of things going on. Remember, uh, one snap up here was in the news a couple days ago. Uh, looks like all this stuff up here is reinforced. It belongs to NC Dot. This, this is now Pappy territory, but it looks like it's being contested constantly there. Uh, right here is Helm's Deep, and that is still uh, in Imperium control, although it looks like that's that uh, iHub there is being contested right at the mouth of the place. But really, I think the, the emphasis is going to be in this area right here. So look for that over the next few days. Okay. So that's that war update. There's a little more news. We'll just merge this in. And that is that Volta has taken a contract. Let's see. Yeah, Volta's taken a contract in. Uh, they moved to Curse, but they're going to destroy Scalding Pass on a mercenary contract. That is territory that is probably going to be contested and defended by the Fire Coalition. And uh, the news here says that Fire has recalled spare capitals from Delve to defend, but we think that's not completely accurate. Sully, do you have any information on that? Yeah. So um, being in Fire, obviously, we've not withdrawn any of our offensive front in the Delve campaign, but we've had there has been asked for pilots to purchase up and gather up spare capitals in in Spavrandatoria to help deal with the. Uh, Volta edition. Um, there has been a few fleets already that we have clashed. We have also had some where we were just outformed. Um, so the Volta version has stepped up the tempo, but we'll have to see how this kind of fighting on two fronts for Fire Coalition works in the next couple. Yeah, we'll try to get more information on um, Volta. I, I think uh, Fire Coalition is a part of, uh, partnered with Legacy Coalition, and they are involved in this war effort in Delve, as you know. So Volta attacking Scalding Pass is, on contract, is quite, I don't know, I guess it's easy to guess that that probably came from the Imperium, 
Uh, they're the ones that would have enough money to hire people. This would definitely strategically help them out. If it wasn't the initiative, sorry, if it wasn't the Imperium, either the initiative or Goon Swarm, it would be interesting to see who that was that hired them. Uh, another group active in this area is Dreadbomb, but they probably wouldn't hire uh, mercenaries to do the kind of work that they want to do themselves. So that's very interesting. Yeah, we're not quite sure who, but right now, pretty much now on the doorstep for fire, we have uh, Initiative, Dreadbomb, and now obviously Volta. So it is really going to start stepping up in the um, their the, our defensive and their offensive. Um, both in the region of Curse, Golden Pass, uh, Great Wildlands, Red Bomb have been seen operating up there. And obviously we have Bastion and things as well in Esoteria. So there's a lot more going around behind the war front than I've noticed in previous wars. So it'll be interesting to see if there is a plan for them to attempt to withdraw, uh, cause a withdrawal of assets and things from Delve. Yeah, and that strikes me as the uh, the right way to prosecute the war is to try to divide Pappy up, try to demotivate certain groups in Pappy. Usually that's targeting by poverty, they call it. You, you try to destroy as many of the ships of the poorest alliance as you can. Uh, if money is not shared among the coalition, alliances that are kind of broke will say, we don't have enough money to continue. We're going to take off and, and go rat for a while in peace. Uh, the other way of doing it is to hire combatants to augment your forces, either in the theater that you're working in or in the backfield, which is this area here. This belongs to essentially legacy and allies. So if you can create havoc here, if you can uh, make them, that is the allies of legacy, choose between their home territory and the campaign in Delve, then you're strategically causing them uh, causing a, a possibility of them abandoning the Delve effort, which lowers the numbers that you're up against in Delve, which is something that is critical to the Imperium. They need to lower the numbers that are attacking them. And do you think it'll work, Sully? I think as war plans go, it's a very tried, tested, and proven method. Whether it works, I have no idea. It all depends on um, form-ups, if... Uh, fire coalition is able to get help from allies if allies are able to withdraw ultimately if if a fleet comes from delve then that's one less fleet in delve so they are i imagine they'll be very strategic about when they create timers knowing that most of our timers are set at specific times of the day they will try to poke and prod to see where the weak points are yeah oh i think they're going to just demolish a lot of your stuff because uh, Dreadbomb was having a lot of success against you guys and Volta are very capable and you know they love uh, uh, doing things in in smaller numbers so they have a lot of room to just shoot a bunch of stuff without having to worry about waiting for other groups to form up and stuff so good luck Sully yeah it's okay I have spare times okay <laughs> I think uh, this is something I, I think the Imperium should have been doing this from the beginning. I've said that before, but I think the Imperium should have been doing more of this kind of stuff from the beginning. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure the people were there to hire at the time because everybody had different designs. I think Fraternity yeah. in the North has kind of made Volta um, available to be hired away, like the situation in the North. But I don't know. 
Yeah. It's also like it's hard to tell when's a good point to try and deploy because obviously initiative in curse, if they're out, it's the same way that if we have to get a, a fleet to come up from Delve to deal with a threat at home, if initiative are in curse, then they're not available to help the Imperium as well. So it's very much a double-edged sword for them. So both of the offensive and defensive will be done strategically. If there's a major time in Delve, chances are we may not see a form-up in Scorning Pass or Curse, whereas if there's no timers in Delve, then we may see more of a form-up there. It's it's a very interesting tactic. I think I think it could have been done sooner, but at the same time, it's you know it's hard to count well, all of the variables that are going on. Well, it was done sooner. We just don't know if it was successful because uh, Dreadbomb was offered money to attack uh, a Pappy or the, at least the Legacy. They declined make that clear, but they were offered uh, contracts early on. I think Revica was hired successfully, and they did do some damage there in the backfield. Those are former Black Legion fighters, very good. We're big fans of them. Um, they have since gone and done something else, but uh, there just may not have been the mercenaries available to hire, or they may not have been interested because they had other ambitions. But, you know, it's not something that they overlooked. Um, pretty sure of that it's just uh and it's possible that they thought they had uh, a plan that they didn't need to hire too many mercenaries or whatever but uh who knows not yeah that, that, that i imagine would be one thing of like not burning all of uh, not using everything they've got all their tricks as they may not have need thought they needed them a few weeks ago and so that could be it Okay, so let's just make this clear. Volta's been hired. They're ravaging Scalding Pass. Pretty much the target is Fire Coalition. We don't know who hired, um, but we do know they are on contract. And so we're assuming it was someone affiliated with the Imperium, if not the Imperium. Yeah, they're staging in Curse, but they're attacking Scalding Pass. So it's uh, there is no territory in Curse. Curse is NPC space, so we really just stage out of Curse. Okay. Um, Hoover Inc. Let's take a look at Hoover Inc. here. And Hoover Inc. is Pandemic Legion. Here they are. A Pandemic Legion Corporation. And uh, actually, I didn't realize this, but they have a lot of history with Test. Their leader was uh, Rick Hoover and uh, was part of Pandemic Legion. Then he was part of Test. And he's he had a popular SIG actually in test and uh, and then he came over to Pandemic Legion with uh, a lot of the people from the SIG and so they joined yeah. Pandemic Legion. Well first uh, before he returned to PL with the, his corp uh, that has his name on it he uh, joined Black Legion for a bit and and then he moved over to PL after that in that era of Black Legion, Elo went inactive again, yeah. as he sometimes does. Uh, often does, yeah. Uh, so Black Legion without Elo usually mothballs or spreads out. The guys that work there in that Black Legion group will go to other groups like the Culture or like uh, Pandemic Legion or wherever else. Uh, but uh, anyway. Uh, Rick Hoover ended up back in Pandemic Legion, but he kind of went inactive and he gave the corp over to someone you may know. He's a streamer, very popular, Avery Lewis. So Avery Lewis took over 
Uber. And yeah. and, and Rick eventually jo- ended up in Horde, where he's sometimes active. I don't think I've seen him recently, but he's ac- active sometimes. So he's doing the casual while he does. Well, he's in Horde Vanguard, which is one of the more hardcore corporations in Horde. Yeah. But I don't know. uh, I don't know the internals of Vanguard, so I don't know how active he is. So. uh, So that's the story. And they merged into to avoid an activity uh, when they don't have a they don't have a super active leader. Corporations tend to drift. So instead of drifting too far, a lot of them joined uh, Habitual Euthanasia, which is Elise's uh, corporation. Some some of them joined Sniggerdly, I think, which uh, is a Headliners Corporation. So they've kind of spread out a little bit, but yeah, so there's a merger there. Uh, and then our last piece of news is that uh, there's a soft transfer between Sylvanius Super Mercenary group and they are let's actually they're a winter coalition rental alliance have about 600 players and their territory if we look at uh, is Declan oh yeah look at all these systems that have been lost now lost is it's just a filler word for no longer theirs it doesn't mean it was defeated and taken away if you trade a system it's also considered lost Uh, and so they Looks like they took those and uh, transferred them over to the Federation of Respect, Honor, and Passion. I've not heard of them. Yeah, I've I've haven't been entirely sure who those guys are, but oh, I've been oh never yeah, mind. yeah I've been pretty sure that they're some some rental group or another, but they've been around with in Deckline with whoever controls Deckline for uh as long as i've been paying attention yeah i i blew that i didn't i don't know them as our they are rhp i think they're well i hope i don't regret saying this i think they're heavy duty industrialists oh yeah they definitely are and i think they're german or at least they're led by a german yeah yeah that sounds about right yeah and they made a deal uh because i think they were in dead coalition but made a deal to stay local yeah and so that's so they're local. They're they're kind of local, and they uh, want to stay there. And so they make uh, diplomatic relationships with uh, whoever the the powers are. In yeah, the, they they were definitely part of Dead Coalition. And then after that coalition disbanded, I I noticed that they had suddenly become blue to me be in Panfam. So, mm-hmm. but more recently, I'd heard that. Uh, Although I've only heard this from one person, a person who knows a lot of stuff, but only one person that they've been paying rent to Volta. But I'm not sure if I'm not sure if it was true, but we heard with a smirk in their typing (laughs) that they made arrangements and arrangements were agreed to by both parties and Volta was going to let them stay. So I think they were selling them. Uh, cheap munitions and cheap ships and cheap modules as a part of their tribute to Volta, the new power. And remember that <clears throat> that was a few months ago. All right. And that's all we have uh, today. Do you guys have anything else? Well, I noticed an interesting uh, game bug yesterday that 
uh, I'd never seen before. Well, well, you know how last year they added the ability to multi-contract fitted ships? Go on. Well, yesterday, uh, right before the the iHub, the big iHub timer, I'd been do- moving some hulls from the Sotio and T5Z uh, at, to the Keepstar to fit up and put on contract. And then when I tried doing that, that was right around the time when uh, the first alliance pinged and started logging in. And then I think it was test all logging in caused a lot of tie dye. So that gave me an error message that my contracts were uh, the multi-contract was uh, attempt was aborted because of the time dilation, which I'd never seen that before. Yeah, I don't believe that's more of a bug, but I think that's more to prevent uh, unnecessary loads because obviously contracts are handled by the same node as tie-dye. Um, so I think it's more designed to, well, the system's under load, right? Let's make it so it's easy, and they've disabled little key features like that, I imagine, just to try and reduce the server um, loads and issues because obviously it was directly in the system. Oh, okay. So really tells us uh, in chat here that, uh, and I forgot about this, but there's the eighth Moros, Moro faction Fortizar to die, leaving only 60 in the game. Wow, those are starting to become rare. Oh, yeah, that yeah, that was last night. That was uh, Asher def- led a Baltic fleet defending it against uh, two Pappy fleets, I think, uh, Panfam Munins and Legacy Munins. And the Baltics, yeah. they get wiped out? Uh, they ended up uh, docking up and, I guess, asset safetying those. Yeah, I heard something about Baltics getting wiped out. I didn't know Asher was... Uh, yeah. Uh, Recently, they've been defending a few more uh, structures in period basis than I had seen them doing a bit before. Which I'm not sure what changed, but I saw them defending more period basis structures over the past few days or so. Yeah, here's the specialized uh, in the monitor, plus uh, looks like Balgorns, and here they are. These look like Megatrons, which are Baltech ships. Those are Megatron battleships. The fleet concept is called Baltex, named after the player Baltic. Great guy. Yeah. Uh, the Baltic player is actually now in Horde. And during the original move ops out from uh, Horde home space to Iridia, he, f- he brought a Megatron instead of an Eagle for the Eagle Doctrine move up. I guess he yeah, hasn't Baltic, um, he has had a video where he was at um, a fan fest, and I recommend anyone go and watch it because he is the he is a true uh, out the box thinker in that he wanted to have a megaphone do everything, and he even had it join Harpy Fleet. So uh, he does go into a lot more detail during his talks. So I do recommend you check it out. He is a oh. he's a very fun e player. And he um, when I'm on my horde character, he's a nice person to chat to as well. He's uh, just a wonder. Can't say enough good about him. Let's see if we can find a picture of him because he's quite funny at fan fests. Guess was it Baltech One? No, it's too bad because he dresses up in uh, like uh, what, what like colonial regalia or something. I don't know, but he's uh, just a really nice person, uh, very friendly. 
to me, he's like a quintessential EVE online player, Baltech. So I didn't know he was in Horde now. So yeah, it's uh, he, yeah. his corporation uh, moved from Goons to Pandemic Legion, uh, and then a couple of years ago they Is they uh, no uh, Backcountry. That's what I meant. Backcountry. Yeah, they moved from PL to Horde, which I think was partly because. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a split. They didn't have enough. Yeah, I. Well, I there was a rift I, partly because them. they didn't have enough people around to be allowed to, oh, enough active members to be allowed to stay in PL, kind of like uh, yeah. Hoover and Blackwater USA, which is all, as a corp now in Horde and doing pretty well again. Right. Yeah, it's the same thing as Smell from NC Dot. Uh, they go to Horde to kind of like uh, recuperate or to relax for a while but before that backcountry is very well known in goon swarm so it was in, during the 2016 um as it's known as the uh casino war or the uh, world war b there was a lot of uh public dispute between uh, Endy and uh, scion i believe who i think were never the best of friends but it it turned into a big row or row and uh, went all over Reddit, but Backcountry ended up going then over to uh, Pandemic Legion. So that was a big, a big break. But I didn't know that Baltech was in there uh, either. Uh, that rings a bell now that I, I don't think Baltech had anything to do with any of that, but it was uh, their leader, I think, Endy uh, was uh, part of that. Okay. So yeah, there were some faction Fortizars destroyed yesterday. Um, weren't there, was there more than one or was there just one? I was only in the fight for the Moreau. Um, maybe they're one, but Moreaus are, I believe. Yeah, they're the there. rarest type. Yeah. So for those that aren't aware, the Moreau Fortazars are the original Conquerable uh, stations before Citadels were in the game. Mm. These stations were the seeded ones out in zero, 0 and when they reached zero structure hit points, they just turned to the corporation who got the last hit. So there is a finite number of them, uh, less than any of the others. And I say there was 60 now alive. I believe I have two. You have two? Oh, wow. I think I've, I think I've got, yeah, I know I've got one, but I might have a second one somewhere. In the closet somewhere. Wow. There, well, you know, hold on to that. That's great. And uh, Test would know Test has conquered Providence and was able to recuperate a ton of stations. Uh, here's the Moreau that was uh, destroyed. Oops, maybe that's a different... Yeah, uh, there's a Moreau. That's the one I think that was destroyed. I don't see... Here it is, a Dracus. So there was a Dracus destroyed as well. The um, Draconis Forza was uh, a deployed Forza by an alliance. Um, oh, okay. Back when you could put down an egg and fill it up to make it a station. Were these in their original? Is there any way to know if these were there in their original places, or were these uh, picked up? In yes. Their... So the rig, um, if they have a faction upwell rig, then they have not been moved. Uh, the rig That's is only standard only, outpost rig. Yeah, that rig. Um, it was only created for the transition of existing fortazars, uh, so existing stations, compositions to fortazars. Because they had a better bonus as a station than they would have as a Forza, the rig kind of branched that gap a bit. So if, um, obviously if they are taken down and moved, they do not have that rig anymore. So if right. they 
are destroyed with that rig, then they were original in place. Good point. So this was in its original place. It was built here as an egg long before citadels changed uh, their forms. Good to know. So I, I don't know if it was a busy day, or I guess last night was a busy day, because you got the iHub plus a couple Fortizars. So I think Pappy had a pretty good day, um, but it looks like you know there's some things in the wind here that the Imperium may have put into motion. Who knows? They're definitely doing some tearing up uh over in legacy areas and if they've hired volta which we assume they have that's another another possible wild card so we'll see how that goes yeah volta i can't imagine that their contracts would be cheap so i don't think i can i can't think of anyone else who'd be able to afford them well there's nobody else that would hire them because everybody else in the area is wanting to do the pvp themselves like dread bomb and tickle or whoever else right so why would they get hired by any of those guys? They would only get hired by somebody with money that couldn't do a thing there, and it just seems like either the uh, Goon Swarm or possibly Initiative wants a little more firepower to possibly overcome Test. Because Test, every time, it seems like every time something significant is in danger in the legacy space, Test shows up and um, it's defended. But when test doesn't show up, that's usually when the gains are made. So maybe they're looking for an opportunity to overcome test when test shows up. Well, we don't know, but it is interesting. Okay. Thanks, guys. Uh, Sully and Gregorian, appreciate you guys giving us some news. And that's all we have on February 1st for EVE Online Newsday. Once again, a wrap-up of the M2 TAC iHub was captured by Pappy. That was a huge victory considering it um, negated the Imperium's iron grasp on that system where some of their Titans are still trapped even after the breakout. Uh, also, DTACW will see another iHub fight for that system in about a day and a half. So e EU time zone on Wednesday. Volta has deployed to Curse under contract. Uh, it looks like it's targeting Scalding Pass, and that belongs to Fire Coalition, so we'll see what happens there. Hoover Corporation merges in with Habitual Euthanasia. Those corporations are in Pandemic Legion. And then Sov transfers to Federation, or RHP, basically. We'll call them RHP, from some of the renters of Winter Coalition. That is actually... A very interesting move considering that Fraternity is having a little bit of trouble up there in the north. So what we thought was going to be a wave of Winter Coalition just destroying everybody in the area, this shows you that some of the renters are uh, going back to uh, going back to the locals rather than the uh, the empire of uh, Winter Coalition that's coming through. I think that place is definitely something to watch in the future here all right so that's all we have today we will see you tomorrow on talking in stations